Hello, I'm really glad you joined us online today. We've had quite a week here at CIV with Sports Camp, so I thought it'd be good to step back and talk about the race of life and how God wants to help us run it. God has a race for each of us to run in life, and he wants to give us meaning and purpose as we run. And the race is a marathon. It's certainly not a sprint. So we easily wear down while we're running the race. And when you hit the wall in exhaustion or frustration, you need help to push through that wall. God wants to help directly. And he also made the church community to bring the encouragement we need as we run the race. Listen to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. We must focus on Jesus, the source and goal of our faith. He saw the joy ahead of him, so that he endured death on the cross and ignored the disgrace it brought him. Now, he holds the honored position, the one next to God the Father on the heavenly throne. It's clear in this passage that God marked the race for each of us to run. He's the creator and author of life. He made life to work certain ways. The Bible gives clear details for how God made life to work best and how we he wants us to live. And if we live life his way, we experience the best life that we possibly can. Some people call life a rat race, which is not a high view of our existence here on the face of the earth. But the Lord wants to help make it life so much more than a rat race. Life is viewed that way because of the monotony and the adversity that we all face in living in this world. And the Lord leads us on an adventure if we choose to follow him and live life his way. It's it's becomes an adventure as we handle the stewardships, the responsibilities that God has given us to, to handle. And he promises to use the adversity in our lives to make us stronger if we trust him and live his way. This passage tells us that to run the race God's way, we need examples and encouragement because it's not our normal bent to run his way. We're, our normal bent is to do life our own way. But if we're going to run God's way, we need help. And Hebrews 12.1 says, since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith. When first century sprint, sprinters ran, which this was written in the first century, they often did so in a large arena like the L.A. Coliseum. And 
it would be like looking up at the crowd and this, it would look kind of like a cloud of witnesses that were watching. And so that's the picture you have in this passage. We have many examples of faith that have come before us. This verse is referring to people of faith who have gone before us and have shown us how to live by faith. And that's that's really an important thing. Hebrews 11, the, the chapter right before 12, obviously, that this is built on, it has a long list of those who sacrificed and ran the race before us. They make it possible that we can hear the good news. They they held on to their conviction, even in the face of death at times. And so we can follow their example. In fact, we should imitate them. They're the reason we have the gospel today. We should aim to walk by faith like they did. And if you're a Christ follower, you've been handed the baton by those who have run before us. People of faith surround us in the church community as well. And that's the help that God wants to give through the church community. They give the encouragement that we need to run the race well. So we have this cloud of witnesses and we need to be conscious of what, who's gone before us and the examples they've set. And we have this close up example in the church community that gives us encouragement as well. Last year was a totally weird year in professional sports because there was no crowd and they piped in crowd noise from on TV. And I, I'm pretty sure, I, in fact, I'm very convinced that for the players, that just wasn't the same as having a live crowd, cloud of witnesses, so to speak. The players likely gained no burst of energy from the crowd, which is what they're normally, they're used to experiencing. They're used to experiencing the crowd, the home crowd, and and those who are rooting them on. And there's a tremendous amount of energy that that comes from that. The, the crowd in professional sports is like the sixth man, or actually college sports, or any sports, really. It's like the sixth man in basketball, the tenth man in baseball, or the twelfth man in football. It's, it's, a, it's a big boost of energy that you can get from the, the hometown crowd. We're not meant to run the race alone. We are spurred on. In fact, there's a passage earlier in Hebrews that says we're to spur on one another to love and good works. And that's what happens as we walk together in the church community. We're spurred on by the examples around us and by the cloud of witnesses that has gone before us. So to run well, we need examples. We need encouragement. Also, we need to get rid of sin that distracts and slows us down. 
Hebrews 12.1, the second half of that verse says, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. Weight training is, or weights, weights, to, to wear a, a vest of weights. I've seen a guy running around my neighborhood with uh, a vest of, of heavy weight, and I know he's training for something. That's, that's good for training, but not great when you're trying to run a race. So we need to get rid of all the extra weight. And this passage is saying that sin hurts. It weighs us down as we try to run the race of our lives. And we need to throw off the weight of sin to run the race God that ha- God has for us to run. God made life to work best as we obey him. Sin keeps us from living the way God wants us to work, to live the way he made life to work. So we have to throw it off. We have to throw off the weight and deal with the sin. We don't run well if we're weighted down by sin. That's not good. So we're going to miss, if if we give in to pain, the things that weigh us down, pain, defeat, discouragement, isolation, we're going to miss the good things that God wants to bring. Endurance is required to keep running the race. And it's interesting, I've seen the little kids, the four to five-year-olds, I've seen kids sit down on the soccer field in exhaustion and nobody really cares because it's kind of cute. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of fun. It's part of the watching your kids play. But adults shouldn't quit in life like that. And if they do, it's a real sign of immaturity. You're, you're, you're being too young. That's not right. And it hurts families and coworkers and friends and people you're serving with in church if you don't get in the game, if sin keeps you out of the game. And so it's important to throw sin off. You shouldn't just quit. We know that. So we need someone to be our example. And Jesus wants you. He wants to help you run your race God's way. Hebrews 12.2 says, We must focus on Jesus, the source and goal of our faith. He saw the joy ahead of him, so he endured death on the cross and ignored the disgrace it brought him. Now he holds the honored position, the one next to God the Father on the heavenly throne. Jesus is our example to follow. He is the source and goal of our faith. He endured what he didn't deserve because he looked ahead to the joy of bringing salvation to us and the joy of what his endurance, what he was enduring, the unjust things that he was going through. He looked ahead to what they would accomplish for us and the the group 
the the gathering in heaven that would be all tribes and tongues and nations there. When you choose to follow Jesus, you have fresh inspiration for enduring the pain and discouragement of life. And we should refuse to give up. He endured death on the cross and ignored the disgrace it brought him. To get his help, though, you have to make a definite decision to follow him. And so I want to look at what the Bible says about making Jesus Lord. And I'd like to share with you a condensed version of what the Bible says is necessary to commit your life to Christ and to begin a relationship with God. The Bible says that God loves you and all people and wants you to experience abundant, full, rich life. John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. This is Jesus talking. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. He, He wants us to get the most out of life, but we get the most out of life God's way. So, but but rather, what we've all done, rather than turning to God, the Bible says every one of us began to sin, to go our own way, trying to be our own boss. Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This resulted in our separation from God. The Bible says sin has cut us off from knowing God personally. So instead of experiencing the eternal life and freedom that God wanted for us, people are dead spiritually or cut off from God and actually in bondage to the enemy who is Satan, the devil. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, or his ear dull that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. To remedy the situation, God sent Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin, and on the third day, Jesus was raised from the dead. The Bible says that all people without Jesus, are destined for hell. But those who repent, those who turn around and yield to Jesus as the boss of their life, will become the children of God and experience the eternal life and freedom God desires for them. Romans 10, 9, and 10 explains this. Because if you confess with your lips uh, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. This is the core message of Christianity in a nutshell. And it's what you need to know if you're going to choose to follow Jesus Christ. That's a definite point in time commitment that you make to follow him. And I would encourage you, I would urge you to consider committing your life to Christ if you haven't done so already. 
I would encourage you to do it today or soon if you need some time to think it over. Put it, don't leave it on the back burner. Put it on the front burner and decide and get your questions answered. If you have questions over what it means, who Jesus is, what, what it means to decide to follow Christ this way, we'd love to help you. Just let us know that you'd like to meet up uh, to clarify your commitment uh, to Christ on the connection card. You can see a, a box for that to check on the connection card, and we, we would love to help you sort that out and figure out what it means for you to decide to give your life to follow Christ. God has a race for each of us to run. It looks different for each of us, but it's difficult for all of us. So we need help to run it well. And God wants to help us directly, and he does if, we're deci- if we've decided to follow him. Scripture, Jesus said, streams of living water flow from within you, whoever believes in him. We, we have the Holy Spirit in our life. And we're encouraged directly by God. But also, he created church communities to encourage us. And so, at CIV, we invite you to run the race with us. If you aren't plugged into a church community, we would love for you to join in with us. We we want to encourage each other to follow the Lord and live life to the full like Jesus wants us to. That's what his life was all about. Your next step today, I want to encourage you in these, is it could be to, for the first time, I accept Jesus as my Savior and commit to follow him as Lord. That's, that's a great start. And then a second step could be to consider becoming a part of CIV if I'm not a part. I want to be a part. So consider that. Think about that. We would love for you to join us as we all walk together, actually run together (laughs) in the race of life. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for your kindness to us, for Jesus, the way you have paid the price for us so that we could have salvation and the way that you help us directly run the race. And I pray that you would help us all to be a part of a church community and step into it and take the next step and the next step to plug more and more into church life so that we could get the encouragement and so we could have the examples to run the race of life well. Thank you, God, for giving us life. Thank you for the scripture that shows us how life works. And I pray that you'd give us the strength to take the steps that you've laid on our heart to take today. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.